1 John chapter 5, about to finish Mark, and we're about to finish 1 John. So uh, we'll be going to Joshua and Judges, I believe, on, on those uh, studies that come up. And uh, I hope you'll come Sunday morning so I can finish the message that I preached on signs and wonders. And I want to uh, uh, notify you that uh, every one of the sign gifts from the apostles was fulfilled in the book of Acts. And I'll give you the scripture where they were uh, fulfilled. The Apostle Paul was bit by a snake and he didn't die. That was, pr- that was uh, part of the verses that the NIV leaves out, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And it's recorded in, in the book of Acts. And so it's amazing, amen? And so people take that out of context and they uh, want to handle snakes. And like Wendy Bagwell said, if uh, you're going to handle snakes, let me know where you want a door and I'll make one in the wall, amen? And uh, I, I feel the same way. I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes or shots, amen? That's why I don't go to the doctor much, but uh, I'm scared of shots. But uh, I'm about to get over it, amen? So thank the Lord. But um, uh, So I'm going to continue that message on signs and wonders. A lot of people had a lot of comments about the message. If you did not get to hear it, please uh, go online and listen to it so you can be ready to hear the rest of the story uh, this coming uh, Lord's Day out of Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and following. All right, First John chapter 5, I, I don't even want to use this title, so I'm going to change it from Unpeachable Evidence because I'm sick and tired of that. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to change it to Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Or how to know that you're saved. You ought to know that you know that you know that you're saved. You say, well, I'll find out when I get there. That's too short notice. And that's too late. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If I didn't have enough assurance to realize that I was saved uh, and know it, uh, I would be scared to death to die. I really would. I'd really be scared to death to die. And uh, I'd, I'd be scared the rapture trumpet would sound and I'd be left behind on this earth and I've had enough of this wicked world. I don't want to spend seven years in it and, and uh, then go through the uh, go to hell, but I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. And it's nothing to do with feelings. A lot of people base it on feelings. I'm going to show you where the Holy Spirit gives us feelings, but you don't base your salvation on feelings. Uh, I guarantee you this, every one of you that's saved has woken up one morning and you didn't feel saved. Let me just say this, I guarantee you that's why I know the old, the old nature uh, at the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not eradicated like some people teach. It's not eradicated at all because I know that the old nature is not eradicated. You know why I know it's not? Because sometimes I don't act saved, but I still am. Say amen. Uh, come on now. I, I, I've been uh, studying on how to reach Muslims. And Muslims are not our enemies. Muslims are captive. And they are really uh, desperately need our witness. And we had a, a long uh, course, uh, Brother Blaine and I <clears throat> uh, went down to uh, uh, World Evangelism Fellowship with Brother Gardner and Brother Trent and several of them were putting it on. And, uh, and it was really enlightening on how to reach uh, Muslims. I'm going to tell you how to reach Muslims. Love them. Love them. Amen. You don't hate them, you love them. You, you can hate their ways. I hated my daddy's alcoholism. But I loved him. That's how I, that's how I reached him. I hate liquor, but I don't I don't hate the liquor head. I don't hate the drunk. Say amen. And there you can hate sin, but you can love the sinner. And you need to keep that straight. And so um, uh, I want to give you some evidence, though, 
of how you know you're saved. I think we got to slide number five, uh, Brother Joel. If you want to slide on through it and just sort of give them a, a review, that'd be fine. Uh, the week before last, I lost it in the cyberspace, but I think we got it now. But ev evidence of real salvation, evidence of real salvation is uh, uh, verse 1. It says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is Christ is born of God. Now the first thing, and I'll, I'm going to bring four, three witnesses to prove that Jesus is Christ or that Jesus is God. If you don't believe in the deity of Christ, then you're probably not saved. He's God. He's God in flesh. He's Emmanuel. He's never ceased to be. There was a cult going around in the Bible days that said that uh, Christ ascended on Jesus at baptism and then left when he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And just a prophet died. Because see, they didn't want to say he was Christ. And you need to realize the only way to be saved is believe that Jesus is the Christ. And you're born of God and everyone that loveth him that begotteth loveth him also that is begotten of him. And by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments in verse 2. And so there's a real personal relationship. Blessed assurance brings a real personal relationship. And we love the saints. We just love the saints. Amen? Thank God for that. I'm glad that uh, God put a new love in my heart once I got saved. Or I wouldn't be worth living with. And I guarantee you, uh, none of you would be either. Amen. And I'm glad God put a, a love in my heart for the things of God. And so the unimpeachable evidence is, number one, God doesn't lie. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. Uh, no one can discredit or doubt uh, this witness. I'm on slide five if we got the same ones, brother. I'm not sure where we're at right now. We'll get, we'll get together in just a minute. And then I want you to see uh, also that the Holy Spirit is still witnessing. The Holy Spirit is still, the Holy Spirit is the greatest witness you'll ever have. Uh, he's the witness that bears witness in your heart. He gives you some confidence that, the, that you're saved. I want to tell you something, the Spirit of God ought to speak to your heart that you're a child of God. There ought to be proof positive evidence, and I'll give you five of them or three of them in just a minute out of the whole book of 1 John as kind of a summary. But the evidence of real salvation is that you love the brethren and that you love God and that you love them with all your heart, and you, will, and, you, and you love who and what God loves. Number two, we will live out the Scriptures. We'll live out the Scriptures. Look at verse 2b. It says, and when we love God, we keep His commandments. Now look at verse, hey, look at this now. Verse 3, you with me now? 1 John 5, y'all with me? I didn't say John 5, 1 John 5, right before Revelation. It says, and, and this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. We live out the scriptures. We love the saints. And folks, I want to tell you something. You don't have to come to church. You want to come to church. Let me just put it this way. You get to come to church. Say amen if you're saved. There's something about a believer because you have the Holy Ghost in you. Romans 8 9 says if you do not have the Spirit of God, you're none of his. You get God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost when you get saved. If not, you're dividing the Trinity. And don't you touch the Trinity. That's close to a, a terrible sin, say amen. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You receive one, you got them all. 
The problem is he sometimes don't have all of us. Say amen. So these three points will set you free as far as knowing you're saved. Number one, you love the saints and you love who and what God loves. I want to tell you what God loves. God loves the church. He purchased the church with his blood. And the church is not this building. The church is you. The church is the people. Say amen. And he loves um, preaching. He loves praying. He loves worship and he deserves all of it. Say amen. And so we live out the scriptures. Obedience is a proof of spiritual birth. Look at verse 3, or uh, uh, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus, now listen to this now, is the Son of God. Is the Son of God. Not just Jesus is a prophet. Not that Jesus got baptized and Christ came on him. I mean, that was a worldwide cult in uh, Jesus' day. And John knew that, and he's knocking it in the head. He's knocking it out and saying, hey, listen, Christ didn't become Christ at the baptism, and he didn't, and he didn't stop being Christ at the cross. He's always Christ. He was born God, say amen. His DNA is God the Father, not Joseph. Amen? The Holy Ghost conceived uh, in Mary's little womb that became the holies of holies. Life begins at conception. That proves it right there. Say amen. Oh, don't get me started on that. And then number three, we leave the sinful. Look at verse four and five. It says we're overcomers. And the the word world means not cosmos. It's it's, It's the world system. You know, the world of sports, the world of finance. Well, there's a world of Satan. And he's the prince and power of it, this earth. There's a system, a hierarchy, principalities and rulers in dark places, Ephesians 6, 10. Folks, there's demons. If you don't believe there's demons, um, uh, some demonic people killed a whole Mormon family in northern Mexico. Babies, toddlers, wiped them all out, shot them with uh, machine guns and killed them all. Those are demon-possessed cartel. Drugs will make, uh, make you act like you're demon-possessed, but demons will control your life, and they're real. Amen? A lot of people think, think we Baptists don't believe in the Holy Ghost, and we don't believe in demons. Hey, listen, if you're really saved, you believe in demons because there's, there's a warfare going on. That's why we ought to pray for one another. We're soldiers together. We don't have time to choose teams and click and clack like most churches and split and splatter. We don't have time to fight with this board and this board and this mission board and, and this church. Uh, folks, listen, we're together. We might not agree everything, but we're still fellow laborers and fellow soldiers. So we, we live out the scriptures. Um, we leave the sinful and we love the saints. Now, if those three things are not in your life, you need to come to the altar during the invitation and get truly born again. Because I'm going to tell you something, friend. There are birthmarks to being a Christian. It's called fruit. We're not fruit cakes. We're fruit producers. We're not even producers. We bear fruit as we yield to the vine. Say amen. We're just a branch. Hallelujah. We're just a branch. But I want to tell you something. If there is no fruit, you better look down and see if you're disconnected. Are you really saved? That's the question of the hour. Folks, there's a blessed assurance about this life called salvation. Now, undeniable evidence. You got, you got number one, the water. I won't go over that one over last week, but Matthew 3, 16 and 17, 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit showed up at the baptism. God the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. God voiced, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased, and Jesus was being baptized. By the way, Church of Christ, baptism saves you, then Jesus was getting saved. But Jesus never had to get saved because he's the perfect Lamb of God, say amen. So if baptism some magic wand that saves you, I preached on that Sunday night too. That was, that, was, that was interesting, I thought. I don't know about you, but it was interesting, amen. Y'all probably was interested in the first 45 minutes, but probably the last 15, y'all lost me. But anyway, uh, it, it's interesting to study the Word of God amen. and see that salvation plus nothing, minus nothing, you're saved by grace plus nothing, minus nothing. Amen. But folks, the water baptism was a witness that he was God and was being baptized. Christ. And then the blood, Matthew 27, 50 through 54, the witnesses at Calvary, the old hard-hearted centurion, the earthquake, the veil rent from the top to the bottom. Uh, folks, all that, the darkness between 12 and 3 o'clock, I mean, put out the lights so he could bear your sins in private because he'd been shamed from 9 to 12 publicly, naked. Not the pretty picture you see. Beat beyond recognition, Isaiah 52, 14. It was astonished that his body was so beaten. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the Lord said, that's enough. I'm putting out the lights at 12 o'clock. And for three hours, he bore your sin. And he carried you to Calvary with him, if you'll accept that finished work of the cross of Calvary. Then we see the unimpeachable evidence. He's sure and settled. He cannot lie. No one can discredit or doubt the witness of Jesus. Amen. Let's go on real quick. And then his spirit is still witnessing. I want to tell you something. I believe in the person of the Holy Spirit, don't you? You're looking at one that wants to be a spirit-filled preacher. Spirit-filled means controlled. Nothing more, nothing less. Yielded. <clears throat> hey, have you ever been controlled by your anger? Somebody raise your hand with bruises on it. You probably put your hand through a door or something, something dumb like that. Say amen. Probably slapped yourself on purpose. Amen. When you're so mad at yourself. Uh, you probably said something you shouldn't have said. Has anybody, anybody ever said, done that? I mean, you said something you really didn't think over. Every, every time you talk, as I teach on the couples treatment, we got it booked for March 4th and 5th, and it's filling up quick in, in Pigeon Forge. You better get in on that, amen? Uh, some couples outside the church want to go, and I'm not letting them till you go. But I want to tell you this, friend. Uh, we ought to think before we speak. Ought to think before we speak. Is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it needed? And number number K, is it kind? You ought to think about that before you speak. But I want to say this. James chapter 3, nobody can control your tongue except the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can somebody say amen there? How many tried to bite your tongue, but it kept on wagging anyway? Say amen. One lady wanted to lay her tongue on the altar and the preacher looked and said, well, I hope it'll hold it. But anyway, you know, you, you, never, you, never, you, never, you never control your tongue. Just as you can't control your thoughts unless they're filtered by the Word of God and you're controlled by the Spirit of God. The only help you have is to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. The only hope you have is to be a spiritual Christian. And by the way, as I preach Sunday night on snake handling, healing, tongues, the whole works, if it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. 
I can base that, I, I can say that with authority. If it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Remember when I went in that 1 Corinthians 14 about course? You know, that nobody should speak in tongues at the same time in the church? How many times is that violated? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34, where it said that women be silent in the church. That doesn't mean testimony. That doesn't mean prayer. That means tongue speaking. And folks, tongues is a 19 different dialects, Acts chapter 2. I'll get into that Sunday morning a little bit. But I want to say this. I want to say it clearly. If it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Base everything on the Word of God, not some extraterrestrial experience. And don't take my word for it because I'm not an apostle. I don't have private interpretation of the Word of God. I don't have knowledge and I don't have uh, the prophecy gift. I got the book. Amen. And that's all the knowledge I need. Say amen. I ain't add to it or take it away. The Bible says that's dangerous. Amen. This is the final prophecy of the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Amen. And I'll get to that in just a minute. Every believer has a witness of the Holy Spirit within him. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Go ahead, brother, uh, uh, somebody, stay up with me. Amen, point one. And just put the whole slide up there. That's all right, good. Amen, amen, sure and settled. Go on to the next one, go on to the next one. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, point one. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I'll do this so you can take notes easier. And somebody said, you better slow up if I'm gonna take notes, amen. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That has nothing to do with water baptism. Nothing. You don't get baptized into the body of Christ through the going under that water. You get baptized by the spirit into the body. That means totally submerged, brought into, whether we be Jew or Greek, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink, listen to this now, into one spirit. And so it's spiritual baptism. When you get saved, you literally get put into the body of Christ. Amen? You're crucified with Him. Nevertheless, you live, and you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave Himself for you. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Total identity. Total identity. And then His presence in our life is proof of salvation. You want to know if you're saved? Has the Holy Spirit popped out on you lately? I'm not talking about in some tongue. I'm not talking about in some uh, faith healing. Because, friend, I'm going to tell you something. If I had that, I'd be heading up there to touch Collins right now. I'd be at Erlanger right now. I'd, I'd, I'd let uh, Brother Jeremy preach. If I had the gift of healing, I'd be at Erlanger. I wouldn't be on TV making a million dollars. I'm not being ugly. I was born that way. I'm being truthful. And, folks, I'd be at the hospital. I'd be down here to Eggleston with all those precious little babies that got less hair than I do, and that means none. I'm a two-haired hippie. I comb two of them over, amen? But anyway, I'd be down there. I'd be going door to door if I was an apostle with a gift of healing. But I want to tell you what I know about the Holy Spirit. If you do not have him in your life, you're not saved. Amen. It's a spiritual birth. Say amen. You must be born of the Spirit. It's not a dead religion. I ran into a guy that was trying to Convert everybody out of Catholicism Friday in the jail. I mean, he was—he thought he was a prophet or something, and he was wanting to get me to have give him advice. You know, you, you see him in every cell. There's some guy that just takes over spiritually, and he probably don't know nothing about the Word of God, and that's dangerous. Listen to Brother Larry. Don't listen to these guys that's 
you know, got, got Jesus in the jail and they want to lead her. I think they ought to lead in prayer. And I believe they ought to lead in basic Bible study. But friend, I want to tell you something. He was trying to discern how to bring people out of religion. And I told him just this. Tell them to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be religious and lost. Let me just pick on the Baptist for a second. You can be a Baptist and go to hell. Just because you join a church don't make you any more a Christian than going up to McDonald's after church and, and, and thinking you're going to become a Big Mac. Now, you're going to look like a Big Mac if you keep eating them. But I'm just saying, folks, just because you walk in that restaurant does not make you a Big Mac. And just because you walk in a Baptist church does not make you a Christian. You must be born again. You must be born from above. And folks, the only way you can be born above is the Spirit of God comes in your life. Look at Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9. It's up there. Y'all get ahead of me. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. I got some good help back there in the sound room. Amen. It says this. But ye are not in the flesh. Y'all with me now? Romans 8, 9. Check me out now. We're not palm readers. We're Bible readers. And we don't take we don't worship preachers, we worship the Word of God and the God of the Word. It says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Thank God for that when you're saved. And so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now listen to this. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Amen. Amen. Sunday morning, when Alan, when you prayed and asked the Lord to come in your life, that moment the Spirit of God came in your life. That moment. And I want to tell you something. The Bible says in John 14, he'll never leave you or forsake you. Now in the Old Testament, he came and gone. He went. That's why Samuel, Samson said he wished not that the Spirit of God had departed from him. That's why David said in Psalms 51, Holy Spirit, don't depart from me. And folks, he come and he went. He was, he made, but I want to tell you something. After Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit descended and he said, I will never, never leave you. The Spirit will never leave you. Now all these people are going around saying, well, am I saved? I don't feel saved. And some of you don't act saved. But I want to tell you something, friend. If you're saved, there's something called the, someone, not something, someone, I can't stand people to say, have you received it? He's not an it, he's a him. Yes, I have received him. When I got saved, I got God the Father, God the Son. But this verse says, if you do not have the Spirit of God, you are none of his. You know what that's saying? You're not saved. Here is the witness. There's somebody in your heart. And this is really not your heart. This is a pump. This is an organ. Don't ever get the picture that Jesus is in this organ. The heart, as a man thinketh in his heart. You know what a heart is? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the real you. The Holy Spirit gets in your mind, he gets in your will and he gets in your emotions. He doesn't just come into a pump that lasts 70 years or so or 80. I hope it lasts longer than 70. Great day. I'll go ahead and prepare my funeral. Listen, uh, and uh, Brother Larry's ex really excited that your heart don't just last 70 because he, he hadn't seen 70 in years. Matter of fact, I, I, booked, I booked a preacher to come in February that's, been, that's 86 years old and been preaching 65 years. Dr. Don Sis. Now, he is a tremendous blessing. Sharp as a tack. He's the only person that can put Austin Gardner in his place. 
anytime, any place. It's just, it's it's through. I go watch him just put Brother Austin in his place. It's wonderful, amen. And Brother Austin loves him and respects him. We got him coming in February. It's going to be a blessing. Eighty-six years old and still preaching. All one man's got to go up there and pick him up and bring him back down here because he stopped driving. Thank God, because he can't see, and that's bad. What's your excuse? But anyway, I'm just saying. His presence in our life is proof of salvation. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I know I'm saved because I got a witness. Let me just say this off the subject real quick. I know I'm saved because when I do something wrong, there's somebody inside of me saying, no, wrong. And if I'm real close to God, he says, sin. <laughs> amen. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit check you? Amen. I mean, you want to slip in that 7-Eleven and buy that lottery ticket when nobody was watching because you felt like this was your lucky day and the Holy Spirit says, don't you do it. I don't care how many computers you want to buy. That's gambling. That's sin. That's wrong. And some of y'all getting sour looking. Y'all, do it? y'all been doing that? Amen. You know, and I want to tell you something, friend. There's, kind of, there's a convictor that lives inside of you. There's a resident teacher that lives inside of you. He's, he's better than your mama. Some people only good when their mama's around. Come on, say amen. Then you grew up and you became wicked as the devil. No, and uh, when you go out on a late date, mama's not around. That's the fear of mama. What you need is the fear of God. Amen. But I want to tell you something. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit's in that back seat with you. Hey, the Holy Spirit's going in that 7-Eleven with you. You don't pick up Bud Stupid anymore. You pick up milk and try to lose weight. Amen. I love it. Praise God. Vitamin D milk will get you fat, but praise God. I ain't preaching against vitamin D milk. I'm just saying, friend, you go into 7-Eleven and you try to buy your little six-pack of Bud Stupid, and I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit, if you're saved, will say, nope, that's run too many lies. Nope, that's wicked. You don't need to be drinking. The Holy Spirit will say that. And then if you quench him, you'll just go ahead and pick up a 12-pack. Don't you laugh, because I know you've been doing it. But no, no, listen. <laughs> you don't bet on the Georgia-Florida game, Brother Randy. Because the Holy Spirit will say, don't bet, because Georgia's going to win. No, no. <laughs> I don't rub it in much, but he'd rub it in if they'd won. <laughs> Guarantee that. Hey, friend, listen. I'm just going to tell you the truth. We have a relationship with a holy God named the Holy Spirit. And if that don't thrill your soul, you might be here because you're grievous. It's your religious duty. Well, I got to go to church so I won't lose my kids tomorrow. That's a real motive to come to church, isn't it? Well, I got to go to church. I'll probably get fired if I don't go. Why don't you come to church because you love God and you listen to the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God says, hey, Go to church and worship me because I've given you everything and you'd be in hell today if it wasn't for me. Amen. That's the motive. Woo! So here it is. The emphasis is trusting Jesus Christ. Verses 1 through 5, I'm going to read them again because y'all are getting tired of me reading verses 1 through 5, but it says, Believeth, believeth, believeth. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth, believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And then don't you love the scripture? 
He gives you three witnesses to prove that he's the Son of God. Number one, water. At the baptism, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit showed up, and God said in a voice, audible, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. You will do everything you can to hear this message. Hear ye him. And then the blood, that's Calvary. That's the greatest miracle of all. Folks, the greatest altar of all. If you're going to go back to the Old Testament and worship uh, altar sacrifices and go into the Jewish customs, that's all shadows. That's all forecasts. That was all symbols of what to come. If you don't believe it, read Hebrews chapter, well, read, read the whole book of Hebrews. Amen? It's about better sanctuary, better heaven, better high priest. Matter of fact, Jesus is the only high priest. The Bible says call no man father on this earth. That means worship him as a high priest. He says don't even call him father. And then you have the spirit. That's what I want to dwell on just for a few minutes. I got about 15 minutes before the kids will, well they really get out in 30 but I'm just going to give you 15. And all God's people said thank you. And I'll believe it when you're finished. But the Holy Spirit is still witnessing. The Holy Spirit is still witnessing. John 15, verse 26. John 15, verse 26. I mean the gospel of John, please. The gospel of John. Don't you love to study the Bible on Wednesday night? I love it. Amen. Amen. If I, I'm glad we don't get up here and just tell jokes or something. Look at this. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 26. It says, When the Comforter is come, that's the Holy Ghost, whom I have sent in you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. See, the greatest commentary for the Bible is the Bible. He said the Comforter is the spirit of truth. There's no greater comfort than when the, the Lord, the Holy Ghost, teaches you truth. Amen. Speaks to you truth. And you don't need to hear voices. You need to hear the book. And you hear the voice of men and what ladies teaching the word of God. And men proclaiming the word of God. Look at this. It says, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. What a great office the Holy Spirit has. He testifies of Jesus. See, I'm going to tell you, friend, it would be unscriptural for me to get out there on that sign and put Holy Ghost campaign. That's all right. That's what we're going to have. If we're going to have any kind of revival, the Holy Ghost is going to take over. But folks, he don't want the tension. He wants to testify of Jesus. That's his office. That's his calling. Uh, let me prove it. John 16, 14. John 16, 14. Let's go back to verse 13. Y'all with me now? Hey, follow the word of God and it'll, it'll keep you straight. It says in verse 13, John 16. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Now he came when Jesus ascended and the spirit of God descended. That's why Pentecost is a one-time experience. He don't come every, every Sunday. And it says, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now listen to this. For he shall not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit does not want the attention in every service. But what will he do? But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he'll show you things to come. Look at verse 14. He shall glorify me. I don't have a red letter edition, but I believe that's Jesus speaking. Amen. He'll glorify me. For he shall receive a mine and shall show it unto you. So the office of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, to make Jesus real, to convince you that Jesus is right. That's conviction. 
No matter what you feel, what you think. I've had people say to me, well, I just don't feel condemned over this blah, 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 you know, whatever, the sin that we're discussing. Well, you know, it really don't matter what you think about it. It's what God says about it. Because I want to tell you something. You get around a bunch of sinners, you won't feel convicted about anything. Because everything goes today. Say amen. People are not under conviction like they used to be about standards and conviction and homes and marriage. We're even shaking our fists in God's face and saying, I believe it's two men or two women. I ain't going to call them ladies. No, sir. And they're blaspheming God saying it, 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 that your plan's not good enough. And parents are letting their children decide whether they're a boy or girl. And folks, God's already decided that. When they were born looking like a girl, put pink on them, praise God. Don't put combat boots on them. <laughs> and, me, and listen, your boy is a, a Born a boy, put overalls on him. <laughs> Amen. Let him play with a toy gun. Well, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's, that's the difference between you and me. Um, let him be a soldier. Let him work. Let him go play in the dirt and dig worms. That's a boy. Say amen. But see, everybody wants to change what God's made. That's a slap in the Creator's face. And folks, we're there today. It wasn't Adam and Steve, it was Adam and Eve. Say amen. Male and female made he them in his image. That's holy scripture, Genesis 1, 26. And so folks, it's not gay at all. It's perverted. And it's a slap in God's face. But I want to tell you something, one of them comes in here, I'll love them and I'll try to help them and I'll win them, and they're welcome to sit right there and listen to the gospel. Amen. That's right. But I'm going to tell you something. After a while, we're going to have a meeting. After a while, we're going to have a meeting. They won't be teaching the children around here. They won't be, they won't be associating with anybody uh, in, in uh, closed doors. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. We ought to love them because they've been deceived by the Satan of deception. The Spirit also witnesses us uh, within the heart of the believer. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. Real quick. Romans chapter, I want to see if you got the witness. Romans chapter 8, 15 and 16. Real quick. The Bible says this. This is beautiful. It says, we have received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, for we have not received, <laughs> good night, leave out one word, and you have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of what? Adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Folks, that's, that just sounds like a relationship to me. He's not some marine sergeant trying to ruin your life. He's the Father. And the Holy Spirit makes him fatherly. Look at verse 16. It says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Did you hear me? The Spirit bears witness with your spirit. There's a confidence. There's a peace. You know how I know I'm saved? Because when I got saved, I, 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 I had a new want to. Before I got saved, I kind of endured church because my mama made me go. But I call her blessed. I'm glad she drugged me to church. I was on drugs the time I was two or three years old. She drugged me to church. She drugged me to RAs. 
She drugged me Sunday night. She drugged me Wednesday night. We had a work day. She drugged me to there. I didn't even know what to do. If we had a picnic, we dr- I was drugged there. I was in church all my life. And he said, she always said, you ain't going to turn out like your sorry daddy. That wasn't a good motive. That wasn't a good thing to say. But I'm glad my mama brought me to church. But after I got saved, I had another drawer. I had another want to. I wanted to hear the word. I wanted to respect God. I wanted to hear preaching. I loved the right kind of Christ-honoring music when I got saved. Anything close to the world, Brother Larry, like you used to hate that rock and roll music that got you in drugs, it offended me when I heard it in the house of God. It offended me. Amen. And, that wasn't, and there wasn't much of it back then when I got saved. That was 50,000 years ago. But, uh, friend, I want to tell you something. If you want to offend... You want to offend this guy right here that used to be a drug addict and a drug pusher and now our chaplain and a deacon? Then you just bring rock and roll music into this church. It'll offend him good. Because you know what? It'll remind him of the days of drugs and the days of rebellion. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, we get too close to the world, we're in trouble. And the Spirit of God ought to ring your bell when you get close to the world. And you ought to bring Jesus up close to you. He ought to be real to you. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We have a spirit of want to, a spirit of appetite, a spirit of desire. And most of all, we have a spirit and desire to glorify God with our life. That's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit also witnesses us through the Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at it, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Y'all getting anything out of this? I am. I really am. I'm enjoying this. As I said, if I don't enjoy my own preaching, I'm in trouble because I hear it all the time. But look at this, First Corinthians, and so does my wife. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can ye know them, because they are spiritually discerned. How about that? And so look at verse 13. It says, For which things we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Amen? Hey, listen, uh, we, we got to realize this, is that we have a resident teacher, John 14, 27, called the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to tell you this, and you might think I'm crazy, but I believe the Holy Spirit's in listening as much as He is in preaching. You know, there's thousands of airwaves, radio waves in this building right now, but we're not tuned into them. You want to go over to 101, you can get, you can get the, the gospel music down there in Jasper, Georgia, amen? You go over to 88.1, you're going to get WMBW, and they're, they're sliding left real quick. You go to uh, uh, 80, 89.7, you get that uh, WDYN, now it's BBN. And you hear good preachers, good preaching. And folks, you tune into what you want. Amen? Some of y'all tune into rock and roll as soon as y'all get out of here. Country. You know, that wangy-tangy stuff, you know, where you play the records back and you get the horse back, the wine back, your girlfriend back. You know, rock and roll music, they play it back and you get all this satanic message. Country music, you play it back and you get the horse back, you get the, you know, you get the wine back. You get her back that you don't want ever to see again, you know. But folks, you have a desire for godly music. You have a desire for worship. You have a desire the house of God. Folks, the Spirit of God uses the Word 
And before you're saved, it's natural man understandeth not spiritual things. You're lost. You have no way of hearing it. And I'm going to say this. This is what I was going to say. I believe that you ought to hear a still, small voice saying, that's right. That's the word. Amen that preacher once in a while because that's an amen. That's right. So be it. That's what amen means. Say amen. The Holy Spirit will even say while I'm preaching, stay awake. You've watched a ball game in the rain for two hours. You can, you can get through this 30-minute message. You watched a movie, Gone with the Wind. Me and my mama and sister walked five miles to hear, see Gone with the Wind. See, I hadn't been always spiritual, praise God. I was going to see Gone with the Wind. And but we sat there for five hours watching that Gone with the Wind. So you do what you love. You do what you're interested in. You discipline yourself. But the Holy Ghost draws you to it. The Christian feels at home with God's people. Amen. Not only do you hear the ameners, and that's right, but you feel at home with God's people. Sometimes I'll preach in foreign countries. I just did in South Africa a couples retreat. Boy, God moved. I scared to death. I said, "How are they going to understand my hillbilly? And how are they going to understand uh, these illustrations?" And I will tell you something. After about five minutes, when the Holy Ghost took over. It was like he was interpreting for me. I mean, I felt at home and I loved them and they loved me. Amen. They looked at me strange. I was the only white person in the room besides Mark and Amy. You know, it was wonderful. It was great. Because the Holy Ghost made me feel at home with God's people. Let me hurry. The matter settled with two or three witnesses. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. Next, 1915. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We got three witnesses that's undeniable. The Father witnessed at the baptism and at the cross. The Spirit witnessed within our believers. Hey, friend, the Spirit, the, he, he was there at baptism. He was there at the blood. It's settled. Jesus is God. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit's the only person that's been with Jesus all the time that's with us now. So if you want to really have a real relationship, listen to what the Spirit says to the church. And I want to tell you what the Spirit of, says to the church. His Word. Amen. It's not a co-filled Bible. It's a holy Bible. Amen. Come on. Let me hurry. Holy Spirit witnesses. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 15 reveals the facts of the gospel to our heart. The facts of the gospel. Then the Spirit validates our faith in the gospel. Romans 8, 17. We can call him Abba Father. But I want to show you verse Number three, the Spirit of God deals with the matter of feelings. Feelings. I'm going to close with this. 1 John 5.10. Look at 1 John 5.10. It says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath not made, has made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Now, folks, I want you to know what that means. That means the Spirit of God deals with the facts and deals with the Word and gives you a belief and a faith that bursts you into the kingdom of God. And faith is a gift. And I want to tell you something, friend. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost verifies the gospel in your heart. You say, yes, He did die. 
Yes, he was buried. Yes, he is risen. And it has nothing to do with feelings. I'm going to tell you what the feelings are. It's the caboose at the end of the train. There's faith in the fact. The coal truck is the gospel. The caboose is, praise God, this is joy. And a lot of people have it backwards. They look for the caboose before they try to get to the engine. And they say, well, I'm waiting on a filling. If you wait on a filling, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life because the devil's a master filler. Pardon the expression. He'll say, whoa, that was a six on the scale of ten. That ain't enough. You'll sit there and say, well, when is enough? I ain't crying enough. Some people just don't cry. I was taught not to cry in my home. I was taught not to be emotional in my home. My wife on the other extreme, she was taught kissy, kissy, love, love, hug, hug, and I sure am glad we're opposites. Or we'd never speak, we'd never touch. I doubt that, but I'm just saying we'd never, we'd never get around each other. She's, she's usually an initiator. She's filly, filly, mushy, mushy, and I love it. Because I, hey, I was growing up in, okay, that's fine. Let's do, next, next, you know, what do you want to do? You know, just all business as usual. Just as stoic as I can be. But listen, don't judge me on my personality. I won't judge you on your personality. Some people cry and some people don't. Some people shout and some don't. I'm gonna, I guarantee you, Brother Harold Walston is not a shouter. But don't, hey, don't judge the, how much gas is in the tank by the toot of the horn. Say amen. And a lot of people say, well, he ain't jumped a pew lately. Well, if you're as old as me and him, you wouldn't jump a pew either, say amen. Come on. I'm saying don't judge how much gas is in the tank by the toot of the horn. I'll tell you how you judge a Christian, how he walks when he hits the ground. You can shout all day on Sunday and live like the devil on Monday. and You can shout all day in church and be lost. The devil does, he trembles. The Bible says, he believes and trembles. He has an emotional faith. I'm not against emotions. I'm very emotional now. And I'm very enthusiastic. I was before I hit my age. But I'm, I'm telling you, you do not get saved based on feelings. Look at John 15, 11. I'll close. John 15, 11, please. I want to tell you how you can get some feelings because some of you need them. You really do need some joy. We all need some joy. Say amen. I mean, you know something, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I mean, I'm not saying that you, you kind of work up something. And listen, I want to tell you something. This ain't a show. If it was a show, I'd had the praise team up here, Brother Randy, and we'd have sung till we got the feelings up. We'd had the praise team pipe it up a little bit. I've been a part of that now, about 50-minute song service where everybody's getting worked up. Then the guy can get up and say, uh, Spot Love Jane, and everybody hit the altar because they're all emotionally worked up. We don't do that with your emotions. But I want to tell you something. I think it's all right to get emotional. I think it's all right to be emotion, emotional. I think it's all right to smile. I think it's all right to shout. I think it's all right to say amen. I think it's all right to get stirred up. I think it's all right to get thrilled up. But don't judge somebody that doesn't. Because there's some people that just don't show anything. Believe me, I've been preaching to them for years. And that's not any detrimental statement I'm just saying we're all different I make a lot of people in this church nervous because the way I act but that's me you must like it pretty good because you've been here about 25 years but I want to say this 
Folks, don't judge a person by his emotions. Look at uh, John 15, 11. John 15, 11, we'll close. I've enjoyed this study. I don't know if I'll ever get finished with it, but I've enjoyed it. It says in verse 11, These things have I spoken to you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now these things have I spoken to you, that your joy might remain in you. Now these things I've spoken unto you means the verses 1 through 10. What's 1 through 10 about? Abiding, obeying, being in God's will, praying in God's will. And then the Bible says in verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Hey, friend, I don't know about you, but I get excited when God answers prayer. I mean, Thursday, Miss Roselle was almost saying James is on the last mile of the way. When I went up there last Saturday before last, he couldn't even speak to me, even with the mask off. He could not even give one sentence. He was so weak. And now he's in physical therapy and training today. Now, if that don't get you excited, what? and I'm going to tell you something. His wife had the most exuberant, exciting Text, and I can't stand text because I misread your emotions. You know, sometimes you offend me with your text and you don't really mean to. Say amen. Like I offended that group of ladies that time that it's, it's spelled check me, amen. I ain't going to never send another one. But I want to say this. She was so thrilled and so excited that God used you to touch her husband. That God used you to pray for her husband and God answers the prayer. Now, he not always does that. We don't demand him. But folks, I want to tell you something. Verse 1 through 10 comes before verse 11. And you can't have cheap joy. And you can't find joy in this world. And you can't find joy in yourself. You must find it in the vine. And you've got to realize who you are. You're the branch. And when you bear forth fruit, one of the fruits is joy. It's love. It's peace. It's joy. It's the fruit of a relationship. Amen? Have you ever been not speaking to your wife? Well, I'm looking around. Somebody said, no, I've never done that. You lying, lying, lying. Have you ever had a grudge against somebody close to you? How did you feel when they were around? It was a quiet coldness, wasn't it? But have you ever been in love with somebody? And, and when they walk in the room, you just want to light up and you want to speak and you want to talk and you want to greet her and you want to hug her and you thank God she came home. My wife just took Oliver down there and, and uh, she was late and I checked her out with my little, you know, find the phone thing. And I do that often and she's got mine too. She, she can track me anywhere she wants to. I, I ain't got nothing to hide. And uh, I just watched a murder, a murder, I studied and cooked all day that in Portland, and I watched this uh, True Murder ID channel. And I mean, it was the most wicked, terrible thing about that happened to this girl. Some murderer just took her out, you know, on a date, killed her. And I, I looked, and and there there was that phone, and it was in the middle of a parking lot that had nothing there. Well, since then, they built a racetrack, and she went down to Cartersville because she's got this thrash in her throat or thro I don't know what it is. She's just terrible. 
she'll, 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 she'll put a mask on tomorrow. But I want to say this. Uh, I said, man, she's been kidnapped. She's been held hostage. I had all this thing. And then I checked it several times, and here comes the car heading towards the house. And I want to tell you something. I about jumped her when she came in the house and said, glad to see you. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, I just missed you. And there was a joy in her presence. Say amen. Because I love her. And maybe i taken her for granted. And I want to tell you something, friend. You'll never have joy in your Christian life until you love him. Until you love his word. And you love his commandments. They're not grievous. And you love his presence. And you love his church. You love who he loves. You love the things he loves. You don't love sin. You don't love the crowd. You, 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 you miss church, you feel bad if you love it. And I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to close. The Holy Ghost deals with us about the matter of feelings. He gives us all the feelings we can stand, but they come as results of abiding. Father, thank you for the message. Lord, we'll get finished with it next week, I'm sure. Lord, I thank you for 1 John chapter 5, the witness of the water, the witness of the blood, and the witness of the Spirit. Lord, I, I thank you that I got a witness in my soul, an amen, a joy. I have one that says, give God the glory. I have one in my heart that says, that's sin, that's wrong. That was unkind, that was rude. I thank God for the Holy Ghost that guards and checks and guides my life. But I also thank you, dear God, that the Spirit of God gives you peace, joy, love, gentleness, and all the fruit of the Spirit, love. So with every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, have me say, preacher, I'm glad that I'm saved. And if I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. If I live tomorrow... I have the Spirit of God to live through me. And I'm thrilled about it because I know that I have a spiritual relationship with the living God through the Spirit of God. I know I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over this place? How many glad that you say, say amen? You know, it thrills my heart tonight that a gentleman can raise his hand that could not raise his hand last Sunday morning. That thrills my heart. I mean, I really get emotional. I get excited about people getting saved because the Holy Spirit knows what he's getting in knows all about it amen we don't even know what we're getting into we get when we get saved but people that have been saved for a while ought to be excited about it father thank you for the assurance of salvation now lord i pray the second part of my invitation that people that are not filled or controlled with the spirit of god would get hungry and thirsty for your presence in their life have me say preacher i know i need to be filled with the spirit of god more I need to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And I want the Spirit of God to check anything that's wrong, and I want Him to confirm everything that's right. And I want Him to make God real to me. And I just want to yield more of my life. Would you slip your hand up as a prayer request all over this place? I've got to raise both mine. And I don't just say that as a colloquial term. I really want to be filled with the Spirit of God every day. I want to be a Spirit-filled husband. I want to be a Spirit-filled daddy. I want to be a Spirit-filled granddaddy. I want to be a spirit-filled neighbor and I want to be a spirit-filled pastor. Father, thank you for what you taught us tonight. Thank you for the wonderful chapter of 1 John chapter 5.
May we yield to the witness of the Spirit. We'll thank you and praise you for the joy unspeakable, but the glory that we can give you as the Spirit of God lives in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.